Dear Christina, I'm tired of battling with my ego. How do I win this war? Whoa, <laughs> this is a loaded question and we're gonna get to the bottom of it in this video. So stick around. Hello, beautiful soul. This is Christina Lopes, the heart alchemist, here to help you open your heart, heal your past and live with purpose. In this video, I'm answering a question from a community member. And that question is, I'm tired of battling my ego. How do I win this war? That was the question that was submitted to me. Uh, I forget her name, so I apologize. I know it was a woman, but I forget the person's name. When I do remember the names and I get the names, I'll remember to use them. But in this specific question, I forgot the name of the person. It was a woman, a community member. So thank you for submitting the question. Now, before I get into, um, you know, how do you win a war with the ego? I want to actually define what ego means and then after defining it, I'll answer the question. So first, what is ego? What, what do we mean by ego? So basically ego is just a mental construct of who you think you are. Okay. So anytime that you say I am this, or I am that, uh, I'm a lawyer, I'm a woman, I'm married. Any and every time that you add any words in front of, I am, you're defining yourself and that's ego speaking. So your ego is basically responsible for creating a sense of identity or a sense of illusion of separation between yourself and the outside world. The ego creates kind of a boundary. Okay. The ego is responsible for creating a boundary between you and the rest of the world. So there's a kind of a easy definition of what the ego is. Now that we've defined the ego and are all on the same page, let me get to answering <laughs> this community members question. So right in the question, I spotted the major issue with the question itself and with the energy behind it. Okay. And this is a trap. This is actually a trap that so many of us get into on the spiritual path. And that I got into also when I started my spiritual path and, and here's the trap. This is the number one trap that occurs when we're doing ego work during our spiritual awakening. And the trap is seeing our ego as an enemy. Okay. And, and that you can clearly see it in this question when the viewer is talking about battling and winning a war. Okay. So you can sense that there's an energy of fighting. All right. So this is, in my opinion, the top trap that we fall into when we're doing ego work on the spiritual path. Okay. Now I'm going to bring my book in <laughs> because I, I said a little while ago that, that, you know, I used to think of the ego with this kind of, of, of energy that I thought it was my enemy also. So I'm bringing in my, my, this is my first book, my autobiography. And I actually talk a lot about the ego in this book and I'm going to, I'm going to read an excerpt from it so you can understand kind of where I was coming from when, um, when I first started working with the ego and, and even before then, how I, how I looked at the ego when I was younger. Okay. So here's an excerpt from the book. It's called over the edge, by the way, in case you're wondering. So the excerpt is the voice in my head had always been there, but on this day it transformed into something darker, deeper before my self-loathing felt like a nuisance that was tolerated. But on this day it became my enemy constantly telling me how horrible I was and how I didn't deserve to be loved. From that point, I had a little devil sitting on my shoulder 
whispering, demeaning, and dreadful things into my ear. I fully believed what my devil was saying, but there was a part of me that understood the voice wasn't me. Years later, I, it would all make sense to me when I heard the spiritual teacher Eckhart Tolle say, you are not your thoughts, you are the watcher of thought. Unfortunately, at 17, I wasn't ready to hear this truth. Instead, I believed the little devil's cruel words. He told me I was worthless, and that is exactly how I felt. So this is an excerpt from my first book, and it's pretty clear how I see my ego and how I saw my ego at the age of 17, okay? I called it the little devil on my shoulder. <laughs> so, so you see, it's kind of the same energy. When I was younger and for years and years and years, my ego was a source of torture in my life, okay? So I know exactly where this viewer is coming from because this is exactly how I felt about my own ego for so many years until pretty recently, maybe the last couple of years. Now, unfortunately, there are a lot of us out there on the spiritual path, including spiritual teachers, that also view the ego as an enemy or as a negative force in our lives. And I've actually heard quite a few respected spiritual teachers that I love so dearly and I continue to love them even though I disagree with them on this one, but I've heard respected spiritual teachers refer to the ego with this acronym acronym, edging God out. <laughs> and I've heard this a lot. I've heard this a lot in the spiritual community. And I actually used to believe this also, but here's the thing. My opinion on this has changed dramatically. It's been like, you know, complete, a complete full circle with the ego. And it happened, this full circle with the ego actually happened quite a bit into my spiritual journey. It was when I started working with plant medicine. I work with ayahuasca. And I remember I was, uh, it, this was a couple of years ago, I went to an ayahuasca ceremony and I was in this ceremony, it was a tremendously painful ceremony because the plant, I don't know if you've heard about ayahuasca, but it's a plant medicine, it's a plant teacher, and it's, it's a tremendously difficult plant to work with. Um, and so what the plant does is it takes you kind of to the bottom of your pit, to, to you know your worst nightmares, your traumas, all of this. And I remember I was in this ceremony and I was, the plant was having me, you know, heal and, and relive a trauma that occurred in my childhood that I had repressed. So I didn't actually remember this. And I remember I was going through the whole ceremony, reliving and healing uh, trauma from molestation. So I had been sexually abused when I was a child and I didn't remember. And I was going through this in the plant ceremony. And at one point, the plant took me to a specific memory all right, and it was a specific memory that I remember to this day, it's ingrained in my mind. <laughs> I think it's for me to help others with this memory. And it was a specific memory. I was around four years old when I started to be molested. Um, I was four years old and I remember I was, you know, standing alone. I remember exactly what I was wearing and I remember the plant showed me the birth of my ego at that moment. And I remember how my ego was birthed and it was actually, my ego was born at four, that's relatively early because usually the ego comes online a little bit later around five, six, seven. But mine was fortunately, and I'll tell you why it's fortunately, but fortunately my ego was born a little earlier. So I was four years old, a little over four, 
and I had been molested and I didn't know how to deal with the situation. I was in so much pain. I didn't know how to process the emotions. I was feeling deep shame. And for a four-year-old to feel shame, you can imagine, right? The depths of pain. And I remember at that specific moment when I was going through that pain, my ego went online and it started to think, it started to build an identity. What my ego did at that moment was it began to build itself as a protection mechanism because I was unsafe within my own family unit. I was being molested by a family member. So at the moment when I was completely shattering on a mental level, my ego came online. So that was the birthing of my ego. And with 100% certainty, the plant showed me that because she wanted me to see that in fact, what I had considered my enemy had in fact been my salvation at a specific moment in my life. And I remember that when I came out of that plant ceremony, I never saw the ego ever again in the way that so many spiritual teachers and so many of us on the spiritual path see the ego. I never saw it as an enemy ever again because that truth was shown to me. So, so many times when people say, when people call the ego edging God out, that's not true. There is no edging God out of anything. And in fact, I agree that the ego can be very destructive and very problematic, but, but there's the other side of the coin. Your ego at some point in your life, especially when it was born, your ego helped you survive, especially if you have any kind of painful experience or trauma in your childhood. So at that moment during that ceremony, I came to understand that the ego was not anything like edging God out. The ego can actually be God's grace. And it was God's grace when this happened to me, because I, I can't even tell you, and I can feel the emotion I, that I'm getting very emotional about this. I know for a fact that if my ego had not come online when I was being abused, if I had not had an ego develop itself into a defense mechanism that at least was trying to keep me safe. So later on, I discovered that that safety was an illusion, right? Because all of the mental constructs that we make, they're illusions. But look at how blessed that illusion was for a four-year-old girl who was being abused and didn't know how to deal with emotions like shame, like pain. That illusion, it came in handy. It saved me. So when I came out of that plant medicine ceremony, I had this newfound love for the ego. I had this newfound love for this, this ego that everybody is fighting against, but you should not fight against it because it was your salvation and it was your protector at some point. And at some point the ego was God's grace in your life. Okay. So I, I want to make this super, super clear because this is the core of answering this question. Don't fight your ego because it is not an enemy. And when I left that ayahuasca ceremony, I continued to heal. It took over a year for me to heal the full trauma and for me to kind of have a broader picture of the ego. But when I left that ceremony, I understood and felt a deep love for my ego, for the ego that I had been fighting for so many years and that I considered an enemy, I felt deep love. And so my, my attitude towards my ego changed dramatically. And when my attitude towards my ego changed, my whole life changed. So I began to, from that moment forward, I began to 
talk to my ego, to nurture my ego. I became very loving. So you see the different energy. <laughs> I went from pushing the ego away and considering it an enemy and considering it a hindrance on the spiritual path to actually understanding that the ego is not edging God out. The ego is part of God's plan <laughs> and that the ego in moments of your life is God's grace or sources grace. If you don't like to use the word God, I have no problem using the word God. So I'm going to continue using it uh, like that, but it can be God's grace at some point in your life. All right. And so I began to talk to my ego with so much compassion and so much love, understanding that it had been birthed to try and protect me from a difficult situation that I was living through as a child. So I started to, to talk so gently with my ego. So when my mind would activate and start going a thousand miles an hour, when the self-destructive thoughts would start, I would sometimes put my hand on my heart and I'd close my eyes and I would just start saying soothing mantras. I would say things like, everything is okay. We are safe. There's nothing dangerous going on. <laughs> everything that's happening in my life right now is for my highest good. You see, you see how different this is. I began to have these soothing, soothing, loving, this is radical, radical love. This is radical self-love. And I began to say these every single time that I would say a soothing mantra, like everything's okay. There's nothing dangerous here. I am safe. This, I am safe. It was so soothing. And this is particularly important. If you have any kind of history of childhood trauma, this is particularly important because the more that you can soothe your ego, the more that you can reassure it, the more trusting it becomes. Okay. And the less trouble it gives you. All right. Because with the trouble that the ego gives you is because it's trying to hold on to the grip of control. But the reason that the ego is controlling is because at one point or another in your life, it was trying to keep you safe. And now it doesn't know how to let go of that control issue. So when I started to talk these soothing mantras, my mind would just quiet, quiet, quiet down. And, and, and I stopped having problems with my mind. So can you feel this energy and can you feel how different this is from, I'm tired of my ego. My ego is a piece of shit. I want to push it away. I don't want, my mind is just driving me insane. And do you see, do you see the energy in that versus me saying when my mind is going a thousand miles an hour, I just say, it's okay. We're safe. There's nothing dangerous going on. Everything is happening for my highest good. Calm. Okay. Do you see the ego immediately when your mind is reassured and soothed, it begins to quiet down and balance. Okay. And it becomes more trusting. It becomes more open. It becomes more flexible. And another really cool and interesting thing happened as I was doing this radical self-love and this, this ego work with a loving energy, a really cool thing happened. The more that I spoke this way to my ego, the more connected I felt to source energy. <laughs> okay. And the reason is this, 
because when you are in a state of fight against anything, whether it be the ego, whether it be anything else in your life, when you are fighting, when you are pushing away, you are actually disintegrating yourself. Okay. Because the energy of rejection, the energy of pushing away, when you push away something that is a part of you and the ego is a part of you. So when you push against the ego, you are disintegrating yourself. And, and the more that you disintegrate yourself, the more disconnected you feel from source energy and from the universe. So healing, you need to understand this. You will never heal. You will never be in a healed state from a position of disintegration. It will never happen. <laughs> so healing is actually the opposite of disintegration. Healing is when you integrate. Okay. So healing means I embrace, I love, I embrace all of me. I integrate all of me. Okay. That's the opposite of disintegration. So as I started to embrace my ego, as I started this beautiful work of self-loving healing mantras, I started to integrate myself, all parts of me, including this part <laughs> that I considered an enemy previously. The more integrated I felt, the more connected to source energy I felt also. So don't forget this. The more you push against something that's within you, the more you disintegrate yourself, the more you embrace everything that's a part of you, the more you integrate yourself. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for wholeness, integration, feeling connected to source. That's what we're all here for. So you may be asking, cause I get this question a lot, you know, like has your ego died or has your ego disappeared after you've done this work? No, it hasn't. <laughs> it hasn't. It hasn't disappeared. I still have an ego. There are some spiritual teachers that say they don't have an ego and that's great. And I respect that too, but I still have an ego. I still have a strong sense of, of identity and I could feel it. And sometimes that ego gets a little bit, you know, a little bit loud and a little bit out of balance and I have to bring it back and balance it, but I still have an ego and that's okay. <laughs> That's okay. This was the earth shattering thing that I learned in that ayahuasca ceremony was that there is more than one way to God. <laughs> so a lot of spiritual teachers are saying that the only way to get to source and to get to a connection with source is you have to bypass the ego. You have to go beyond the ego. I hear this all the time. And meanwhile, what my experience is showing you is that you can get to God. You can get to a connection with source through your ego, with your ego, because your ego is also a part of God energy. It's also a part of divine consciousness. Your ego is not outside of God. It's not outside of divine consciousness. It's a part of it. So you can actually get into connection with source energy through your ego. So this, this story and my experience and my difference of opinion having to do with the ego, all this has to say is that what all the great spiritual teachers have said for thousands of years. And that is there's more than one way to get to God. There's more than one way to get to wholeness. And I believe that truly there are multiple roads <laughs> that lead to God. In fact, all roads, <laughs> all roads lead to divine consciousness. So it doesn't matter what road you take. The particular road that I took that was useful for me and that I now use with clients is a road of not bypassing the ego, of working with it, not trying to transcend it, of coming into your body, into your mind, fully embodying your whole human experience. And your ego is a part of your human experience. So what I, um, what I, you know, counsel people and what I'm shooting this video for also today is 
to answer this question in a more holistic, deeper way, and that is you can come into a state of wholeness and of healing and, and of just peace and joy by working with your ego. You don't have to transcend it and you most certainly shouldn't uh, fight a battle against it. There's no war against, against any part of you. Never, never war against any part of you, all right? So, so that there's a, there's a little bit of a, a deeper answer to that question uh, and I hope it's been helpful. So to sum it all up, don't fight your ego. <laughs> don't wage a war on it. Don't disintegrate. Integrate, okay? Integrate. Speak lovingly to your ego. Help it balance and quiet down, okay? That's it, beautiful soul. Don't fight your ego. Integrate it.